0: beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor some of my favorite conversations have happened over the rims of mugs i'm denise harper co-host of the morning show with bill and denise and program director for the bridge there's something special about sitting across the table from a friend whether we've known them forever or for just a minute with a good cup of coffee and an open heart And hopefully, today's conversation will inspire and encourage you. Each one of us have a story, and I love hearing your stories because they remind me of just how much God is in each of our lives. And even when we don't feel Him, even when we're not aware that He's around, He has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And today, I'm listening to two amazing stories from a couple of beautiful young ladies named Julie. Julie, welcome. Hi. <laughs> and Kristen? Hi. So glad to have you girls in the studio today, and I have heard from someone I love and trust that you have amazing stories. I can already tell just from the from the beautiful smiles on your face, your countenance. That you have peace in your lives, maybe for the first time in a long time that God has done something. And so I cannot wait to hear your stories. Kristen, how about if we start with you? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and what's going on in your life now.
1: All right. So, hi, my name is Kristen. Um, I'm 38 years old. I have four boys. Um, We moved here um, down in Delaware about nine years ago from Baltimore. Um, and that reason is, is because I had an addiction. I had an addiction to painkillers. So therefore, of course, you know, in order to get clean, you got to change mm. people, places and things. Yeah. And we chose the Eastern Shore because of my aunt, my li- aunt lives um, on this side. Um, so I have been clean for seven years. So um, oh, wow. July of this year, seven years clean, it's been a, a, a rough and tough road. Mm. But um, God brought me here, so I brought my Bible. I didn't do. I f- feel like everybody has their they hit. Everybody's rock bottom is different, yeah. right? Everybody's yes. rock bottom is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, drugs have has no discrimination, mm-hmm. <laughs> does not care um, whatsoever. Yeah. And mine started when my mom committed suicide fourteen years ago. Mm. So this was a way of coping. Um, So when that happened, I became very angry with God. Very angry. Um, I never had a relationship with him. We we I didn't grow up in a house to where we prayed or we went to church. But I did hear. I remember doing the um, saying grace, but saying um, God is great, God is good. Mm-hmm. Let us thank Him for our food. So my yeah. mom did teach us that. And then when we would go to bed, now I lay me down to sleep. So so I, I knew of him. But when she passed, I was angry. How could you mm-hmm. do this to me? You know. Yeah. Um, just very hurt. When I came to the Eastern Shore, I, I knew I needed something. I knew I needed something. I wasn't sure what it was. Um, through my addiction, God showed himself to me for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the things that I have gone through, I don't know how I got through it or how things became other than him. There's no way. Yeah. So right then, he showed himself to me. Okay. So I think that's what led me to um, the Eastern Shore. I went to a church called First Baptist in Easton to where I accepted Christ in my heart. I don't know why, and I was telling her, this was my first Bible ever, and it's um, mm-hmm. Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. But what's weird about it is this has to be a new book which i don't remember getting a new book because i had written down who gave it to me yeah his name is um rick bach he was actually my ex's boss hmm. and um i had his name in here while we were going to his church but when i first met him man he was just on fire about god like mm. on fire and I knew a little bit about his history. He had some addiction, you know, he struggled. So I knew I was going down this road of recovery, but seeing him and just how he had so much joy and just happiness. And even though he came from where he came, I was like, what mm-hmm. is going on? Yeah. So anyway, we started to go to his church. Okay. Um, and that's where I went to celebrate recovery. That's where I accepted Jesus into my heart. Um, it was September Of 2013. Wow. Yes. Um, So, I don't know. There's a lot to my story. I just gave you a little bit. Yeah. Man, he showed himself to
0: me. God did. When you first Uh, met the guy that you were just talking about that gave you the Bible, mm -hmm. and he was showing revealing God to you mm-hmm. through his actions mm-hmm. did that repel you or draw you closer it drew me closer I okay. needed it
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: said "What? what is going I, I said to him
1: and I don't talk to him to this day but I was like Why would- I need to know what you're doing Mm-hmm. I need to know what you're doing, because just the way, constantly talking about God, but just talking about the joys and just how he's happy, I just knew I needed something. Mm-hmm. And I asked, I said, is it okay? Can I go to your church? Aww. Yeah, and my, um, my ex, he was a believer, mm-hmm. um, but he never went to church, but I needed something. I yeah. needed to know more. Mm-hmm. I needed to know more, and I did, and, and um, soon after, I was um, baptized,
0: Man, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I felt the
1: Holy Spirit enter my body. Hmm. I'll never forget that day yeah. when I accepted Him because it just came over me. It was so many um, emotions at once. I had to leave. I left. I walked out and I mm-hmm. sat on the steps, and I just cried. But it was so. It was just happy. But I was shaking. Yeah. It was just insane. I couldn't overwhelming. Even, oh my yes. Yeah. Wow. And then he, you know, he's never left my side. Even though I know he has always been there, I didn't yeah. understand that. Yes, I didn't. Yeah. And I always looked at, well, why me? Why did you do this to me? Why did you take her from me? But I had to go through all of that to become who I am today. I believe that 100%. 100%.
0: And your story will impact people that no other story will. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to open doors for you. He already is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, you're part of his story that uh, we all we all kind of put ourselves in the main character position of our story because yeah. that's what we know. Right. But if you look at the whole part of what God, who God is, we are part of His story, and so privileged to get to hear part of yours yeah. uh, today. I know there's so much of it.
1: There is. And look, and I'm still going through stuff. We still go through stuff. You, yeah. You Every feel. Day. I remember thinking, Oh my God, I came to Christ. The things are going to get better. I swear to you. I remember mm. feeling that. Mm. And no, it didn't. It stayed the same. If anything, it got harder, but I knew how to handle it. I knew what to do. You what know, did it's you like I do when you,
0: you have triggers, probably? Um, what, what do you, what I'm did you do? I'm past that now. Okay. Like When you realized that things weren't going to turn around immediately, what caused you to keep pursuing God? My problems okay. caused me to keep pursuing him. I
1: knew I needed him. I mm-hmm. knew that what I was doing before was not working yeah. at all. Yeah. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I was saying, you know, there were other things that I had gone through. Like within these past, since 2019, <clears throat> so my mom's been gone for 14 years, um, 2019 was a really hard time for me and my family. We lost our house in a house fire. Mm-hmm. Um, we lived in a camper for nine months. Um, my ex-husband broke his neck at work this was all in the same mm-hmm. year wow we got into a severe car accident two of them that year we were homeless mm-hmm. and i got through all i didn't well i got through all of that because of him i don't think i would have i think if mm-hmm. i did not have him in my heart and if i didn't believe in him i it probably would have sent me back mm-hmm. and i would have relapsed yeah 100 that's a lot to go through Mm. <clears throat> but I, I knew I, kn- I know that my life, I'm here. I, there's a reason. I have a purpose. Yes. I know that. I don't know what it is. Amen. But I, I know. know that I have one. One hundred percent.
0: I can't wait to see. I can't. God I, I know. <laughs> right <Good> to you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Julie. Tell us your story.
2: So, <clears throat> I'm 33, and I have little boy. He'll be two in October. He's my everything. Um, So November 17th, I will be four years clean and sober. I was addicted to opiates for about six, seven years. I grew up with my mom and dad. My dad passed away when I was 11 years old. So it was just me and my mom. And I was always like a straight-A student, always you know a good kid and everything. But since I can remember, I've always struggled with anxiety and depression. And I was raised Catholic. Uh, My mom's very... And and she, you know, always pray, pray, pray. She didn't really stop me from talking to any specialist, but she didn't really encourage it. And I just, I dealt with it and I kept it to myself and did what I needed to do or thought was right to get through it. Um, When I was about 22 or 23, I had went to a doctor. They put me on medication and it worked for a while until it didn't work anymore. They kept Mm -hmm. upping it and it didn't. And I wanted to find my own way. To cope and i was you know i always felt like i was a burden talking to people because just the thoughts that i was having or the things i was going through or the lack of motivation or whatever it may be i felt no one else felt that so i wanted to feel a way to feel normal Mm-hmm. and just be able to adapt in life like you know and i was i was lost like i had two really good jobs at the time i had a car uh, i was living in a really nice apartment and everything i had things going for me but i was very lost and my anxiety just took my joy from me to where I just was depressed. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to shower. I'd have a day off from work. I'd have a list of things I'd have to do, and I wouldn't do any of them. I'd sit there and cry because I knew I had to do these things, and I did not understand what was holding me back, like what's wrong with me. So I was um, dating someone at the time on and off. We were together for a while, and I knew that he dabbled in pills and things like that, and uh, I didn't know how deep to what extent it went to. Mm. And um, he introduced me one night to a Percocet. And I took it. And it was like, the only way I can describe it is that it just shut my brain off. My brain stopped with the noise. Mm. And I knew I didn't want to lose that feeling. I was like, I this, this is the first time I could feel normal. This is the first time I feel like myself and I can do it. And not really understanding the depths of where this was going to go. Um, I always ask people, like, do you know the exact moment when your life changed or where it took a new tra- trajectory? And I do. And it was at night mm-hmm. because that was the first time I felt any relief from myself. Mm-hmm. And I believe that I could do it here and there just when I was really stressed or really overwhelmed. Um, and clearly that's not true. And it spun out of control as it does into a lifestyle, into a whole addiction to, You know, that's what my life became. I went from being, you know, responsible. I was always never in trouble, always, you know, followed the rules, good kid, worked hard, everything, to now I'm doing God knows what stealing, lying, cheating to get this so that I could feel okay. And now it wasn't just. I'm trying to fix myself mentally. Now I don't want to be sick either, go through withdrawal and all of that. So it just turned into I was going against my grain 110%. And like Kristen was saying, hitting rock bottom, I definitely did. Um, I lost more than just material things. I lost my good name. I lost the respect. I lost trust. And even though I was in the darkest place in my life, my my heart still showed me that those things were what made me like, that's what I needed. That's what I wanted. Um And I didn't want to disappoint people. But I also thought I would never get out of that. I thought that that was my life. That's what I was going to be. I was going to be a drug addict, die a drug addict, because how can I function in the real world now that I know that this is here? And also, how can I get off of it and feel right? And it that's just what I had in my head. Until I had like gotten let go from a job, I was, you know, doing Things that I shouldn't have been doing. And um, so I was losing an income. And one day I woke up and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And me and my friend at the time, we checked ourselves into detox. We did a week there. And when I got out, um, I didn't go back to where I was living beforehand. I stayed with her. Um, We started going to NA meetings. Mm -hmm. And God is a big part of NA or AA. Uh, It's. I've always believed in God. During my addiction, I prayed to him all the time for the wrong things, you know, like foxhole prayers, like, if you let me get out of this, if you don't let me get in trouble, if you let me not be Mm. sick, I'll do. And, you know, but I still had my belief. And when they talked about God in N.A., it's not that I didn't want to hear that. It's not that I didn't believe that. It's that I was embarrassed. And I was like, no, God could forgive me for what I did, Mm -hmm. knowing the person I am, and I still did what I did. How's he going to forgive me? I can't forgive myself. And it took me a while to accept that. And it just hit me one night. Like, it did. Like, I would always say my prayers, but I was embarrassed. Like, I had a very big embarrassment Mm -hmm. that who am I to pray to this God and who – I've done so much against him, like, and against what he's taught me and what how I was raised. Like, who am I to do that? And one night it clicked because I guess I was just looking back at the life that I had just left and that I was alive and that I was making small, but I was making steps to a better life, and the only person that could have helped me through that was God, mm-hmm. and if he didn't help me or if he didn't forgive me or care, he wouldn't have helped me, mm-hmm. and he was just waiting for me to get my stuff together and and yeah. do the work, and he was there the yeah. whole time. I always had a belief system, but that's when it got stronger because I was lost, like I said before, and I finally realized, like, there is a purpose for me. And like Kristen said, I don't know what it is, but there is. He let yeah. me live through not just the... drug use itself but the lifestyle he let me live through that he let me come out and yeah I had some scrapes and bruises but I was alive and I still had determination and motivation and the will to live because Mm -hmm. there was times in my addiction I didn't care if I woke up Mm -hmm. or not and it hurts me to think about that today that I cared that little about my life that if it ended that would have been just fine Mm -hmm. like to think that and today I couldn't imagine that and I almost thank God that I can still remember that feeling because now I know how far I've come mm-hmm. to not have that feeling anymore. Amen. And it, it just – it I wouldn't be where I am physically, mentally, spiritually, mm-hmm. anything where I am today without God and without going down that road. And I always say, like, I used to be very embarrassed. I used to lie about mm-hmm. things, kind of stretch the truth about my addiction. But today I'm not – not going to say I'm proud of it. I'm just not embarrassed anymore. And I can talk about it because that's who made me who I am today. Mm -hmm. And I wish I would have went down an easier road, but that's not what my plan was. Mm -hmm. And I went down it, and I made it through, and I know that God's always by my side. Um, He has put some amazing people in my life Mm -hmm. um, to help me through. And you know, some days I get really down, and I get upset. I let the little things of the day just overwhelm me, and I have to stop and take a step back and look at the bigger picture of where I've how far I've come, where I am. God always has my back and it's gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. And this is yeah, this is inconvenient, but this is not your life and everything everything is good. Yeah. And I remember always hearing in NA like these are gold plated problems and they're right. Like I'm happy today that I have to pay a hundred and (laughs) thirty (laughs) dollar electric bill because because you have electric (laughs) yes because i have electric four years ago i was living in a house with no electric um well no heat i had a space heater um living in a room stealing food from the store so i could eat and you know doing whatever i could to make sure i wasn't sick and today i can pay my bills and i will pay my bills and i can do that and not just that but provide for my son now and and uh And I thank God that he never saw me in that. Mm And he was, I was way out of it before he was ever brought into this world. But the fact that, you know, I can do that for him and myself, it just, Mm -hmm. it's one thing that I always keep my mind on when I'm feeling any sense of anxiety, being overwhelmed, anything Mm -hmm. like that. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Over the Rims of Mugs made possible by Iconic Sparkle. Get
0: fun and fashionable accessories such as necklaces, earrings, and bracelets that can go with any outfit for any occasion for just $5. Owner Mandy Heinz desires to change the world through her accessories and what it allows her to offer. Fashion accessory advice, boosting confidence, and training those who want to start their own business. Learn more at IconicSparkle.com or on their app. Kristen, how about you? What are some of the biggest differences that you can see in your life today, as opposed to seven, eight, nine mm-hmm. years ago? Mm-hmm.
1: I think how I handle things, for sure. I didn't, and I was talking about rock bottoms, I didn't have what you really had. I didn't, I wasn't stealing. I wasn't, I had a house, I had a car, I had a job. Um, I, I did have my first son. Um, so I was a functional addict, mm-hmm. if that even makes sense. Because mm-hmm. how can you function? You're on mm-hmm. drugs. But I was. Nobody knew. Yeah. Nobody knew. So the difference is, I guess, is just how I cope with things. You know, we have to learn how to deal with our feelings in a healthy way. I feel like I'm still learning. Um, I know I've only I've been clean for seven years, but there's a lot of trauma that I think we've endured that we just have to still process and we have to just, you know, still work through. Just looking at things different, man, like we're here. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy of the life that I have. I don't, I would never, I have no regrets mm. as ugly as, as I made it. I have no regrets because it has made me who I am. I'm mm. very humble. Yeah. I'm very grateful. Um, very joyful. I feel like I have a lot to offer. I feel like I have a lot to say to help. Mm. Julie and I have talked about a lot um, working in in addiction centers, maybe mm. we've been talking about it. I don't think it's our time yet, but maybe working with women mm. who have addictions, yeah. um, who are single mothers—I don't know—I feel like that's where our work is needed. Mm.
2: Yeah, mm. that's good, and that's
1: what good healing too. I'm telling you, and that's gonna—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's, uh, talking about it is very important. Like she said, she's not even embarrassed about it. No, you can't be. Mm-hmm. You can't. This is who we are. That's what happened. It's not who we are anymore. Right. Um, but I think that it's going to help a lot of people. Our mm-hmm. story can help a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. Our story can help each other. Yeah, it does. I think talking about it and just making and keeping it, not up front. I don't know. Just let us know where we come from, yeah. You know where we came from, and you, know that we don't want to go back there. Right. Absolutely not.
0: You feel like My you're God. kind of accountability partners for mm-hmm. each other. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh so when you meet someone along the way who is in that struggle um, how does that affect you and what in turn do you say or do for that person
2: the best way i can explain that is just like a scenario i um after i had gotten clean and i was done with treatment and everything i lived in a sober living house um for a, a while and I lived with people who went through the same thing. And a lot of people, to me, when I moved in there, I was like, okay, I'm going to be with a bunch of like-minded people. We're all serious about staying clean, but that's not the reality. Um, Some people are just there for a place to stay. Some people are just there because legally they have to be there. Some people do want to be, but they're not ready yet. I had moved up to to work in the house as a peer. So, yes, it was a job position, but it also... It helped me in turn, and I think that's a big reason I got over my embarrassment and was able to talk so easily about everything is because I felt that just telling my story, not saying, oh, if I can do it, you can do it, not saying Mm -hmm. you need to Mm -hmm. do this or telling them what they need to do, because that doesn't work, No, but especially addicts, we don't want to hear that, Mm -hmm. Um, but telling them what I went through to show them my story and know our stories aren't the same they are but they're not and at the end of the day if you see what I go through and how I handled it and it's not perfect it might be wrong it might be right but if you see that then you know there is hope and I think that's the biggest thing we can do is give hope to people and sadly there's so many women that I did live with over the course of those years that are no longer with us because the addiction they lost their battle to it and there's women who helped me Like I said, I'm a single mom, my son and me, I had him during COVID, so I couldn't have any help, Mm. especially living in a house like that. So these women were there to help me raise him, and they're gone. Mm -hmm. And to know they played such an impact in my life at one point, you know, people on the outside forget sometimes that as addicts, we are humans. We do have Mm -hmm. great attributes. We are good people. We Mm -hmm. do have a lot of life in us. It's just when we're under attack, that's when we we don't show that. So to just show women or whomever that we've been through this too, maybe not to the same extent or maybe more or whatever it may be, we were still fighting the same demon and we came out on this side. And it's just hope that they need. And I think that that's what everybody needs, Mm -hmm. regardless if you're an addict or not, you need hope in your life. That's Mm -hmm. what keeps us going. Mm -hmm. So if we can show that to people – I think that that's the biggest help because telling them what to do, telling them they have to do something, uh, putting them down or coddling them, it's not going to work. You have to give them that hope. And hope is to see proof, which is the life you're living. So I believe that that really helps reach the people that it's supposed to. Yeah.
0: If you were speaking right now to someone who was in that struggle and hadn't taken those steps, what's the first step? What's the first thing that you would tell them to do?
2: The first step I would tell them to do is really sit down, look at how they're living, like their day-to-day. Are you truly happy in your in your life, in your soul, not just when you have that feeling from the substance, but in your soul, in your brain, whether you're religious or not or whatever you may believe in, are you truly happy? And if you're not, then you need to realize it's time to make a change. Mm-hmm. Um And that will take accountability to admit you have a problem because at first Mm -hmm. we never want to admit Mm -hmm. we have a problem we think we're fine Mm -hmm. and just like Kristen said i thought i was a functioning addict for years Mm -hmm. and i was not and um they need to just see that there needs to be a change and the first step is to admit to yourself you can lie to everyone else but as long as you know Mm -hmm. that's that's the first step to go and get help Mm -hmm. and move on from there I think it's people being ashamed, too. You know, mm-hmm. not wanting to talk
1: about it. And I get, you know, I get that, being ashamed. Who wants, Who wakes up and says, hey, I want to be an addict today? Right. You know, mm-hmm. we don't. It's no just one. things happen. Situations happen. Circumstances sure. happen. And that's, that's what happens. But I think just being real and being raw about it. Mm-hmm. And like she said, I mean, that's all. That's all you can do. I think that that's what's going to help people. I really mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we say, you can't make it up. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what's what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how I saw God, and I have said this to people um, that I have met along the way. I've even told her how I met him, what he has done in my life. It it just blows me. It blows me away. Mm-hmm. Like I actually saw him, not physically, mm-hmm. but I saw him and what he did in my life. My mm-hmm. son was not supposed to be healthy. Mm. Not at all. I wasn't supposed to be healthy. You know, I almost got got him taken away from me because I was doing drugs while I was pregnant with him. Mm. My obstetrician who, um, because my ex-husband called me, and he said, look, you're going to go in there and you're going to tell them because I'm not getting my son taken away. She thought Mm. I was lying. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. She thought I was lying because it was not showing in my system mm-hmm. that I was doing Percocets. And here I'm crying to her, telling her I was. Mm-hmm. So um, in order to keep your child, you know, you're going to have to get on methadone. Mm-hmm. So I went. I went um, mind you, I've been taking pills every day. I'm seven months pregnant. Mm-hmm. Okay? You need to go to Bay Health in Baltimore City. And you need to sign up for the methadone um, clinic okay, you need to get on methadone in order to keep your son. So I did. I went for five hours. Um, when it was all said and done, they called me back and they said, I'm sorry, Miss Rogers, but we can't accept you through the clinic. And I said, well, why is that? We found nothing in your system. I said, there's no way that mm. you found nothing in my system. I just did drugs before I got here because I knew I was getting clean. God didn't want me to be on the methadone. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he didn't. God had... Um, bigger plans for me. Um, I I I just know hmm. so so deep in my heart that that was God. Just just what yeah. He showed me. My son, we went for a sinogram, Had a hole in his heart. Hmm. Had a hole in his heart. Hmm. He was born healthy. Nothing in his system. N- no hole. Uh, I don't know. I you can't tell me that's miraculous. not God. I'm telling that's you, that's miraculous. It, it, it was like, yeah. and that again, that's just a little. I have. My story. There's so much to it. But again, I just feel like just being raw and being like, look, this is what I went through, you know. Yeah.
0: I think it can help. You know how you share the Lord with others is to share how the Lord has changed your life. Mm-hmm. And because no one can refute your story. It's Mm-mm. your story. You've lived it. Yeah. You've survived. And not only that, but you're thriving. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. To the family and friends who want to help and have not walked in those same
2: shoes, mm. what would you say? For family members that want to help an addict that's mm-hmm. an active addiction, definitely you cannot enable them at all. Um, I hate to call it tough love. I hate that. I hate that saying. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. I just do. But that's what it is. Uh, you can't. You can't coddle them. You can't enable them. You can't make it easy for them. Mm. Um, Telling them not to do it, uh, guilting them and everything, although in our right minds things like that would uh, speak to us, it's not going to with an addict. It's going to go in one ear and out the other um, no matter how much. Especially because we're going to tell you whatever you want to hear. Exactly, (laughs) especially to get what we need Uh, or where we want to be. Um, so you you have to make you have to make it difficult for them. Mm-hmm. Um, never stop loving them, never stop caring about them, but do it from afar. Mm-hmm. Because when they have nothing left and they hit the rock bottom mm-hmm. and that's part of it, is having no one to help them, no one to rescue them, they're going to find their way. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to. When they're sick and tired of being sick and tired, mm-hmm. that's when. But if you're there to hold their hand and help them through they're not going to get better. They're going to know you're going to be there. Um, A lot of people that relapse constantly are because they've never hit a rock bottom because someone's always been there to pick them up, and that is your instinct. I'm the same way with anything, not just people in addiction, but anyone. I'm going to be there to help you do what I can, but with this, you cannot. You have Mm. to let them fall, Mm -hmm. Um, but still love them. Don't turn your back on them, but you have to love them from afar.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: For
0: someone who has gotten clean mm-hmm. and now it's just the daily day of each, how do I handle these circumstances, situations? We all have to learn how to make good choices. But what do we do when we're walking alongside of someone that we love and want to do what's best for them? How do we love them best? Mm-hmm.
2: There is
1: I feel like that's hard to say too because everybody is different. different. It's different. Yes. Like for me, like with my recovery, I quit cold turkey. I didn't Mm -hmm. go to a rehab. I didn't get locked up. I didn't do anything. I quit and (laughs) going to church helped me. I went to women's groups. I was involved in Sunday school. Um, I did um, like I said, celebrate recovery. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I I feel like built an
0: accountability group.
1: Sure did. I had to. Yeah. I had to.
2: Yeah, I agree like everyone's different. Everyone heals the way they heal or mm-hmm. at their own pace. But one thing that I think is true for any human being too is that just knowing that if you have taken that step and you are clean and you're you're starting and you're going through that path that you just need someone to be there for you um a lot of people don't realize nine times out of ten mental health and addiction Mm -hmm. go hand in hand me personally i could tell you that the my mental health is the reason i started using Mm -hmm. in the first place was to feel normal and if you have someone in your life who's getting clean and that's you know what they're going through let them talk let them vent let them get it out clearly it's best they you know professional go to counseling therapy church whatever their avenue is to go to to get that out but if they need to talk let them because that's the best thing you could sometimes they don't want answers they don't want you to solve their problems they just not want even someone to listen yeah exactly not yeah. even to talk i still do that i wow. still like i'll just yeah. like even kristen i vent her all the time because I just want to get it out. Mm-hmm. She, and she knows I'm not looking for an answer. I'm just mm-hmm. looking to get it out. Because for years, you bottle that inside, and that's what kills your soul, kills mm-hmm. your spirit. And just let them get it out and let them know that you are there. Um, you're not going to be there if they they relapse, as in you're not going to hold their hand through that. But. As far as the the toughness, like Kristen said, it doesn't get better just because you got clean mm-hmm. fe- life shows up on life 's terms, and that 's mm-hmm. what it is and But just know let them know that you 're there for them mm-hmm. and let them let them talk, let okay. them feel their feelings mm-hmm. because when you stifle someone 's feelings or their their thoughts you 're making them feel like they 're wrong, and that's when they start to go through a, the same cycle of a wrong path mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you both have said. I know God has a plan for me.
0: I'm not sure what it is. Do you have any excitement about something in particular? Is there something that you would love to do? I heard you mention some sort of a, of a group that you could help. Well, we've been talking about that, yeah. So,
1: Julie and I... We're promoted to front house managers at um, Benvenuto. So that's exciting. Yes. So I feel like that in itself, there's a lot in store um, for us. Lisa and Pancho have just been, are just great. Mm. Just so great. And they're, they're so proud of a you. A lesson. They're I, so proud of you both. I, uh, they're just wonderful. They are. Um, <clears throat> so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about where, where she's going to take us. Mm-hmm. I feel like she, she, we're training with her. I feel like she has a lot in store for us. I don't know. I'm just excited.
0: <laughs> I don't know what well, it is, but I'm there. God <laughs> God puts people in yes. our pathways yes. to bring us to the place that he has mm-hmm. plans for us yeah. all along mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so often. And so I could see, definitely see that happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I do
2: know in time that her and I will get into something yeah. for sure. Definitely to help people, yeah. to be there for people that we know how to be there for mm-hmm. them because we walked in those shoes mm-hmm. and yeah it's almost like a give back but at the same time
1: you're doing something for yourself too mm-hmm. you know helping other people mm-hmm. help helps you yeah. too like her and I we talk about our addiction all the time we mm-hmm. do um we talk about the good the bad um just where we come from I don't know
0: I just it's important to not forget that yes exactly it is. yep well, we honor you and the strides that you have taken to make a change in your life. We know that God has a great plan for you. And so we're celebrating that. And I cannot wait to just keep, I'm going to keep tabs on you girls. And we'll I be celebrating that. all along the way. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you'll come back when there's the next chapter of your story that you can tell. Yes. More. that's more. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but we, um, we're so grateful that God, no, no matter what, we, we all have struggles. I said mm-hmm. we all have a story. But that story always includes dark times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They all can look different for us. I love that he put the two of you together so that you can encourage one another. Mm-hmm. Be, be Jesus with skin on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Right. So we church it up all the time, all the time, <laughs> yep.
2: and that's what I always said too. If I didn't go down the road, I went, I would not be here, uh-huh. I wouldn't be in Milford, I yeah. wouldn't me be neither. there, I yes. wouldn't know Kristen, I wouldn't be yeah. where I am, and I probably wouldn't even have my son, you know. So, the bridge, the
1: um, the radio station really helped me with my recovery. So, um, we had just moved down here, I want to say we were down here for a good two years, went to the state fair with my family and Kristen, mm-hmm. yep, yes. It was so crazy. Um, there was a concert going going on. I'm trying to even think of who was playing, and I can't. And her and I had this conversation. She was able to tell me. But we are walking, and she stops, and she says, Hey, I have two free tickets. Would you and your husband like to go? And we went. So it was just insane. Yes, wow. Yep. And so when we had her luncheon, I think it was like a lunch and we had a party it was like mm-hmm. it was two years ago i told her about that she was like oh my i remember you but no the bridge <laughs> has definitely definitely helped me mm. helps me through that's amazing mm-hmm.
0: wow i love that and
1: then look circle back and we're here yeah it's yeah. crazy thank I you thank you for sharing it's so that crazy
0: yeah so god doesn't cause bad things in no, our lives no. but he uses those things in our lives to bring us Uh, for our good and for His glory. And so, we give Him all the glory Mm -hmm. for your stories today, and we look forward to what is to come. We were never meant to journey alone. Whether you're having a great day or a hard one, we need each other to celebrate and to stand in the gap. Sharing our stories helps remind us that we are not alone. And when we sit with women who sit at the feet of Jesus, the conversations are different. We walk away feeling inspired, not inferior, because we know this Christian walk is a race, but not a competition. I'm your host, Denise Harper, encouraging you to catch up with a friend or make a new one and enjoy some good conversation over the rims of mugs.